You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. And yes, I am your host, Rick Franzi. And boy, do we have a good show planned for you today. Why? You're probably asking yourself. Well, because we have a great guest. Adriana, who we're going to call Audrey because we're now like friends, Lynch, is our guest. She's the area managing partner for Chief Outsiders. So, Audrey, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much, Rick. Such a pleasure to be here. And thank you for all you do for our business community. Oh, my pleasure. Happy to do it. We've been doing this program since 2009. So let's let's start with you. Can you take us through your career, you know, how, what are the steps? What's your background? How did you get to be the area managing partner? Well, you know, I'm very, I have been very blessed as you will tell through this interview. English is not my first language was born and bred in Brazil. And the reason why I start all the way back there is because right out of undergrad, there were two critical steps in my career that made me who I am today. One was I started my career at Citibank doing derivatives in Latin America. And what that means is that I'm really good and passionate about numbers. And you'll see as we talk that this is a theme in my life. And once you're good about numbers, believe it or not, you can be really good in marketing. So from Citibank, I was invited to work for Procter & Gamble in Brazil. Uh, launched Pampers in the Brazilian market and then always sanitary napkins in Latin America. And I kind of did the reverse, Rick. Most people go to um, Procter & Gamble after their MBAs. Mm. I actually, after having worked seven years after my undergrad, I left Procter to come to my MBA. And that's how I got to, to the U.S. I graduated out of Harvard in 1996 and join the Twin Cities with Pillsbury International. Let me tell you, that was crazy for a Brazilian to land in Minneapolis. <laughs> I can imagine. But what really attracted it to me, Rick, was how broad the work was. Doing interviews for jobs and look for the youngsters that are looking for jobs. Here's you know something to think about. I was working with companies that had some very rigid trainee program, and then you're going to do this, you're going to do that. The Pillsbury International um, president said, listen, Audrey, you're really good. We would love for you to join the international division. I don't know which countries yet, so I can't tell you who's going to be your boss. We haven't figured out the job description yet, and we haven't totally nailed down the compensation, but it's going to be super cool. (laughs) And I love that. I love that freedom. Mm-hmm. And with that, I told him, hey, just don't give me Latin America because I've been there, done it, bought the T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, I ended up being the international marketing manager for, are you ready? Russia, Eastern Europe, Middle East, Greece, and Israel. Wow. What a, I, what a combination of countries, huh? Any of those languages. But it was a that step that my um, passion for markets deepen because mm-hmm. I was forced to look and learn how consumers that are completely different from myself live. 
And that's another learning that I bring to my life to this day and bring to all my clients. We are not the target audience. You need to remove yourself from what you think, what you like, what you believe, and listen to your target audience for whatever service or product you sell. And that is that is an exercise, is a muscle that you have to flex to develop. So I, I I'm really thankful for Pillsbury uh, for that experience. So, so from, how did you get to Southern California? From a got a call at Pillsbury, I got a call from Disney. I came to this very house. This is welcome to my office um, to be the marketing director for Disneyland, Open Business California Adventure, Downtown Disney, the three hotels, and the rest is history. Southern California grabs you by the heart. <laughs> and um, having so much of a diverse um, experience from consumer products to food, to banking, to theme parks, thanks to LinkedIn, I actually got a call one day from Chief Outsiders. And let me tell you, Rick, I found home. This is an incredible company and I uh, have been with them for five and a half years. And it allows as a fractional CMO to reach out and work with a variety of clients. And, and as you can tell, there is a theme here. Variety and flexibilities are us, right? So let's talk a little bit more about Chief Outsiders now that we understand your interesting career path to this organization. Um, let's frame up for us, Audrey, who do you help? What problems are you solving? And why are people picking your firm, Chief Outsiders, as the right partner to work with? Great questions, Rick. Uh, we serve mainly middle market companies either working directly with the founders or working with private equity firms that have acquired a mid-market company. And the problem that we are solving is helping them grow top line profitably. Hmm. If Outsiders allows these middle-market companies access on a fractional basis, and we talk more about the fractional concept, but on a fractional basis, access to talent from marketing and sales, so chief marketing officers and chief sales officers. So either together or on our own, we help grow top line profitably for them to be able to either expand or exit, whatever their objective is. And the main difference for chief outsiders, I'll say, are two. One, uh, we are not consultants. You don't get a deck at the end of a month. We are operators. We are sitting in the chair, we are rolling up our sleeves and we are doing the work to drive the growth. And we are not solo practitioners. We are part of a real firm. Chief Outsiders right now is about 120 chief marketing and sales officers that act on a fractional basis. And we call on each other all the time for help. Our clients are facing situations that are really difficult. If it, if it was easy, they would have already done it and fixed it. So who am I to think that, hey, alone on my own, I'm going to solve all these problems? It takes a village. So we are incredibly collaborative. We leverage each other's knowledge, industry experience, and all to help the clients get to where they are. 
So you're talking about helping and targeting middle market firms. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm wondering in your experience, because you really have worked for large brands, yes. <laughs> Disney, Pillsbury, et cetera. Uh, when you start an engagement with a middle market company, what is your general sense for the level of um, completeness that they've done in their marketing to that point before you get involved as a fractional chief marketing officer? Good question. Um, and actually, I'm going to start by saying that Chief Outsiders has a marketing ready assessment that is free. Anybody hit me up, I'll get on a call with you, I'll walk you through it. And it gives you real a real feel for what the company perceives they are in marketing, what are the gaps, and a bunch of free resources that we give you to get started. But that said, um, the majority of the companies, they have an idea of what marketing is, but it's what we call the little M. I need a website. I need an email. It's not the big M marketing that Hmm. is based on really insights of the consumer, as I was talking before that leads to solid strategies. How am I going to get my awareness there? How am I going to get the first buy? How am I going to get the first trial? And then you get to the tactics. I'll get the trial via an email campaign. I'll get right. So connecting those dots is important is what I do, what we do at Chief Outsiders. So the majority of the companies that we that call on us and when we first come in they are doing what we lovingly call random acts of marketing (laughs) they're throwing stuff in the wall to see what sticks and then something stuck and they don't know what was the thing that stick and hopefully we can bring some you know uh, science to the madness uh, and get the the growth engine in place Marketing is a very complex, even for middle market companies, mm-hmm. it's a it's a complex endeavor, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because there's no one thing called marketing. I mean, you sort of touched on there's marketing communications and there's websites and there's positioning and there's trials. And it's yep. there's this big bucket of things that fall under the auspices of the chief marketing officer. And it really is incumbent on you or the marketing department to figure out of all the things we could do, what yeah. are the things that we should do and can afford yeah. to do, isn't it? Yes, absolutely is. I say that a lot of the companies out there, they're thinking about marketing as Kinkos, where, you know, give me this, give me that, is the marketing communications, is the pretty shiny object that marketing makes. Well, mm. your marketing team probably be a lead generation machine right? Uh, So I invite everybody to think about marketing as a business engine that feeds your top line and then should be done so profitably and responsibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I work almost exclusively with middle market CEOs and business owners here in Orange County. And I find that that what I think of as the front end of the business, the Mm -hmm. marketing and sales can be at times under invested in because it's un, it's not obvious what to do. And part of the challenges with both of those roles is what you said earlier, Audrey, which is you're you're working with the marketplace. Yes. And the marketplace can be a very confusing place to be 
You know, there's a lot of mixed signals out there to try to understand. And maybe what has worked historically isn't going to work moving forward as your buyers change in age or demographics or technology. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are actually getting into one of my best, one of the best advices I got from bosses in my career. Oh, good. What is that? Which is test first. Um, remember how much I was saying that I love working with numbers and that that affinity came from learning to work with numbers with uh, with Citibank. So I live by a motto that is the following. Ready for that? In God we trust, everybody else brings data. <laughs> okay. But most of the time, especially with middle market, you need to make your own data to start analyzing. You need to create something. Test something, in other words, to see what's working, what's not working. In the world of, of emails and website, we talk a lot about A-B testing. We should A-B testing anything in marketing. Start small. Test. If it works, expand. Test something else. If it works, extend, expand. What you're doing at that point is developing individual levers and as you test them side by side, now you're seeing how does each one of these levers work together, if they compound each other, cancel each other, or not working as well as one another. And all of this is data that you need to create in an agile format. You can't take a year and a half to put a test together. But test before you expand. You, you're controlling the risk of your clients, which is of paramount importance for mid-market that don't have a lot of cash to, you know, throw away, as you know. It's a, a fickle thing because you're really talking about behavior, behavior mm -hmm. of individuals, behavior of niches of the marketplace. And, and it really does take discipline not to mm -hmm. shoot from the hip. It worked here. Let's just go wide and far with it. And Right. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, in my experience, a lot of people think that marketing is a lot of uh, art. It's a lot of science. It's a lot of science. It's really that ability to understand what works versus what not works and analyze and um, take risks, but measured risks, for sure. Yeah, because it, it as uh, I imagine, and you're working with your clients, sometimes even the wording can make a difference on how responsive a marketing, even a word. It's 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 sort of hard to accept, but it's I think true that the the devil's in the details when it comes it's, to your marketing messaging. It's absolutely on the details because, um, and that's when you need to remove yourself from it because you may love a headline of an. <laughs> Right. You fell in love with this. Well, it didn't hit the point. Um, so get over it and listen to the market and adjust it. That's why the A-B testings are so very important. Um, and also listening to, to the customer, as I said, instead of trying to put yourself in their shoes, you know, just remove yourself and listen, absorb it all. I'm wondering in your working with your middle market clients, how do you see or are you seeing the advent of artificial intelligence and the products and platforms that are coming based on, on that technology, influencing the industry, what you do and your clients. 
Oh, Rick, we need a glass of wine for this one, but absolutely. Um, and the majority of my clients, myself personally, and chief outsiders, we are embracing artificial intelligence. Absolutely embracing it. Um, listen, it's here to stay. It is absolutely here to stay. I don't believe that artificial intelligence will replace the human brain and the human intelligence and the humans in the workplace. But I do believe that the humans that don't embrace AI will be replaced for those who do. Mm. Artificial intelligence allows us to be more productive, allows us to be more creative. Listen, anybody in this call, in this podcast that have ever written anything have suffered through writer's block. Sitting in front of a, a, a blank page never inspired anybody <laughs> to get anywhere. There's nothing wrong with probing AI. Let AI sweep the internet and get you started. Your talent, I didn't get that. your knowledge, your ability to bring value to the marketplace, to the client, and the, to the consumers is what's going to take that to the next level. But you've got a fast start. Hmm. What do you think? I agree. And I think we heard AI in the background there, didn't we? We heard, <laughs> we heard Siri wanting to give you some support. And that's what uh, I think people are realizing. We're using forms of artificial intelligence and have been for some time. Yeah. Siri, uh, whether it's you know Alexa, whatever it might be. And, 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 and they're a learning tool. Many of my clients have kind of started with AI with chat GPT because of the profile that it cut last year. And that has now for many of them started them looking for other productivity tools under the auspices of artificial intelligence. So. Now, here's something that I think is important if I may add to this, Rick, is um, anybody there that will use AI in for your products, for your companies, or as a consultant, whatever that is, I would say the following. If it's not happening, it will happen soon that any content generated to AI, by AI uh, is watermark. And somehow through the, the, the web, it's, it's given less value from an SEO standpoint. Mm. So my first thing is don't rely on AI to generate tons of content for your website because you're not going to get that value. Again, humans are the ones who are going to get that value out there. So AI is not your first go-to for SEO purposes. But also as you use and embrace it, disclose to your boss, disclose to your client, tell the people that you're working with, hey guys, I got started with AI. Here's what it plays back to me. Here's what I add. Here's what I think we are. What do you guys think? Be open. Talk about it. Otherwise, there's this perception that you want to um, make people think that you came up with all of this. And that's not the point here. Right. It, yeah, it's less about the output and more about the process is kind of what I heard you saying. And exactly. yeah, it, it, it's not too different than when a manager has a really bright employee, right? You never want to take too yeah. much credit for what your employee does. You want to let your employee shine. It sounds right. like it's maybe a similar thing. Transparency. Let's, Transparency. Let's, 
let's turn our focus to the future. Audrey, yes. where are you going? Where are you taking the company? Where will chief outsiders be when you come back on the show in the future, my friend? Well, I hope it's not going to be too long of the future. But, um, look, the two, the two, the two um, next steps in the chief outsiders horizon, one is dramatic expansion. There is, there's so many companies. We were the um, pioneers, if you will, of the fractional work. Chief mm -hmm. Outsiders has been in the market for 12 years. We talk a lot about or we hear a lot of fractional work right now, but it was the first real firm and now 120 strong. So expansion, we have just hit the tip of the, uh, the iceberg with international expansion. Um, and going deeper in the marketing sales relationship. Historically, we started with chief marketing officers and last year we launched the chief sales officer and we are seeing tremendous need and traction in the marketplace. In the past, and I'm gonna date myself really bad here, but in the past, marketing was about awareness and education, throw the, the ball over the fence to sales and good luck with that. Mm -hmm. It's not like that anymore. Marketing is taking more and more responsibility for the what we call the customer journey, right? Sure. The awareness, the education, the consideration. When they are ready to make a decision, then we pass to sales. So that means that marketing and sales more than ever need to be attached to the hip. And we have made that our mission. Yeah, those two are strongly complement each other and they can work at cross purposes if they're not on the same page. Right? We've all seen this, right? Yeah, right, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's what sometimes middle market executives really don't appreciate that there's a different discipline from sales and marketing and getting them to work together is really the secret to success. So if someone would like to learn more yeah. about you or Chief Outsiders, how do they find you? Well, definitely you can look for me on LinkedIn, but I, I, I encourage you to send me a direct email, a lynch at chiefoutsiders.com. As simple as that, reach out, a lynch at chiefoutsiders.com. And um, let's talk. Um, anything I can do to help, that's where my passion is. Well, I've enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you we're going to have a fun and great show. Thank you, Audrey, for giving a bit of your time today. Thank you, Rick. My pleasure. My pleasure. And audience, I'd like to thank you. You've been a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. Yes. Audrey's, Audrey's show now joins our catalog of over 1,400 interviews that we've done over the years. If you happen to be an Orange County entrepreneur with a story to tell, then reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. That's my profile. That's coincidentally also our company's website, rickfranzi.com. And uh, I encourage you to be a part of the community and be a guest on a future episode. And thank you, Melinda. Thank you for your positive words. And uh, I do appreciate everyone's time today. Hopefully uh, the next time we get together, all of your business decisions will be taking your company in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.